This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Check out their products in your local grocery store or online at mrb.com. everybody welcome back to another episode of the mountaineer media podcast cj harvey here cooper simmerman along with me coop what's going yo, on yo hey, yo, buddy. yo hey ian thornton is our guest today he's the founder of whiz bang bam management and the vice president of healing appalachia which is a massive charity concert coming up at the end of september which helps raise money to combat the opioid crisis along with several other things but ian is out of this world he's a rock star uh, literally and figuratively yeah, literally. in his own right, but uh, he's also he helps manage uh, Tyler Childers, the band Ona, and several others with his management company. And so we talk about them and and just kind of Ian's relationship with with Tyler. But outside of that, Ian's love for music, where this uh, kind of management background came from, why he still loves Appalachia. And what he, why he just loves what he he's doing, and so we uh, kind of got pretty much into the weeds with all that stuff, and it was turned out to be a really really good episode. Cooper, initial thoughts? Yeah, Ian, Ian's awesome. Ian's such a he 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 came into the pod such highly recommended by shout out Dave Lavender, absolutely supporter of the pod. Um, as just being a humble, honest guy who's tr- from Huntington, who you know has found success in the music industry uh, through the management side of it. And like you said, yeah, Tyler Childers, we're big fans of Tyler. So that's kind of neat for us, that little connection. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you're a musician, if you're someone who's like, you know, community development, nonprofit, I mean, all the work that they get into, like he's deeply, deeply integrated in that side of the community throughout Eastern Kentucky, Appalachia, not just West Virginia, but Eastern Kentucky, uh, Southeast Ohio, that that whole trifecta of that area of Huntington. And he kind of makes sense. He says that's why Huntington's kind of a little musical hub because you can you can get in a van and you can get to like, you know, 15 major markets within two or three hours. Um, so, yeah, we get in all that and uh, it was a blast having him on. I loved it. Yeah. All right. So we'll get to that here in just a second. As always, we've got a couple of news and notes to pass along. Let's start with Jacob. And Cooper, I'm going to pass it back to you and tell us a little bit about the newest blog that is coming to MountaineerMedia.org. Yeah, absolutely. So as always, guys, you know, we try to tell stories in different formats. Let me pull up the official little logo just so I can look at it and truly. Pretty uh, sweet logo that you came up with. A little late night Canva work. If, you, if you're in design, you know Canva is like you can trick your old boss to think you're like a like a, yeah, a like, super good designer, but really you're just it, like using Canva. It honestly, <laughs> late night design. All artists also know that late night. That's where the the oh, true yeah. creative juices come to life. <laughs> exactly. If you have an iPad too, that's that's what I do. I lay my iPad and when the mess around up. with it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So so the new blog. So we want to look. We're, we're storytellers. We're trying to share authentic West Virginia stories. You guys know the drill. Um, but we wanted to showcase something that me, CJ Mason, we're not true. Uh, you know, we're outdoorsmen, but we're not hunters. We're not fishers. We don't really do that on a day to day basis. Of course, we grew up in the culture. We've been out and have done it a little bit, but we don't fully fully come from that cloth. So we wanted to showcase that because it's such a function of West Virginia. 
California, it's embedded into our culture, right? I mean, we're mountain people. We had to survive. You have to live up in the woods. You have to hunt. You have to fish. You have to provide for your family. That is what West Virginia culture is. So Jacob Miller, who is an aquatic biologist, I mean, this guy is the real deal, CJ. Very credible. Yeah. Like, (laughs) this is not like, you know, Elmer from from the holler here. This is an aquatic biologist who he's telling me, we were texting back and forth. He's like, I'm actually going to be underwater all day tomorrow if you need me. I was like, dude, what's your, what do you mean? Like, what's your job? And then he told me he was an aquatic biologist, but yeah, he's like studies like rivers and all that, all this kind of like crazy stuff, but he's an avid outdoorsman, hunter, fisher. So he's going to come on and lead the West Virginia hunt and fish blog. It's a little bit of a knock off a famous restaurant that I've been to in New York city. Um, but it's what, what I hope. And I think what Jacob's going to capture is not only documenting some of his hunts, the fishing trips, kind of the nuances of, Oh, where you need to be and that sort of thing, but also the family, the tradition, the honor, the cultural aspects of, of these things, why it's important. So that's going to start rolling out, um, you know, throughout the fall into winter as we head into, you know, deer season in West Virginia. Um, so yeah, stay on the lookout for that mountaineermedia.org as always, but we're going to do social content from it as well, but all the blogs and deep dives are going to be on mountaineermedia.org. And not to dunk on Elmer from the holler. I'm sure he would do just a great job blogging for us, but Jacob has, uh, the background (laughs) he's, he's, we trust him. We know what he, he knows what he's talking about. So we're great. We're very gracious to have him on our team and we're excited to see what he can uh, crank out over the next couple of months. So excited to see him and uh, what he can do. All right. A couple of other things, of course, in September, we've got our happy hour, our sponsored happy hour at Fife street brewing in Charleston. That is Wednesday, September 28th. I messed up the date one other time. I made like a video, (laughs) like the promotion video. And I was all excited. I was like, this looks good. And then I got like the date wrong. So I'm I'm very like self-conscious of like getting the date wrong now. So Wednesday, September 28th, we're going to be at five street brewing from five to seven o'clock still room on that, on that RSVP list. Go to mountaineermedia.org, Click on the five street tab and register RSVP. First drinks on us. The first 50 people to RSVP for this event get their first drink on us. There's not a lot of room, but there's still a little wiggle room at the bottom of that RSVP list if you want to get your first drink on us. And so that is going to be a blast. Cooper, you're coming down, and we're going to do like a live podcast before the event, and then we're going to roll, if we can make it all happen, of course, the live podcast is still in the works, that's what we want to happen, that's the big dream, but then we're going to roll right into the happy hour from 5 to 7 o'clock, and that should just be a blast, honestly, this is what we want to do, we want to do live events, meet people, do meet and greets, hang out at the coolest and best places that West Virginia has to offer, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, come hang out, network with West Virginians, you know, meet people that are moving and shaking in Charleston and drink beer on us. I mean, I I don't think we have to twist your arm, become drink free beer. Um, (laughs) And we'll give you your first beer for free. Yeah. (laughs) You have to do is sign up, tell us you're coming. And Fife's awesome. Fife's the people that we've kind of met down there, Josh and some of the other leadership and ownership down there, Fife street, newest brewery in Charleston. Charleston's booming by the way. Like my dad said, there's like a nano brewery. He's telling me I just went to the Clendenin brewery, there's Fife street. I mean, Charleston, the beer scene is truly arriving now. And, and Fife seems to be kind of leading the way because their facility and the way you've built it out. I'm going to speak it into existence. If Josh is listening that I want to do a collaboration with them one day, 
day. Maybe CJ, we can get our own beer, something that'd be kind of sweet. So I'm going to put that out into the ether and see well, if I can't will yeah. it into existence. We've, but. we've got, yeah, maybe it could be the the Mountaineer Media IPA or the Almost Heaven. Almost Classic. Heaven IPA, yeah. The Almost Heaven Ooh. IPA or something. Almost like Heaven that. Classic sounds. I like, like the Almost a, Heaven Classic IPA. That's a beer. Yeah, that sounds yeah, pretty good. So that does. Josh, Derek, if you guys are listening, maybe we can get Gil involved, <laughs> the brewmaster, and we can collaborate and put something together. Anyway, Fife Street Brewing, September 28th. Go RSVP at mountaineermedia.org. Finally, speaking of the Almost Heaven Classic, pre-registration is still going on at mountaineermedia.org. So if you want the latest update on when you can sign up, when registration is going to open, when all of the information that you need to know about the Almost Heaven Classic is going to drop, make sure to pre-register. Send us your, give us your email. We're going to send you those updates as they come in. And we do have a date for the Almost Heaven Classic, but we have not announced when registration will begin, truly begin. So we've got the pre-registration. Go do that now, and then we'll let you know when you need to know about the dates that are important and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But June 8th, June 9th of 2023, Canadian Valley Resort. No, let's see. Look at you at the dates again. It's the 9th and 10th. June 9th, June 10th, Canaan Valley Resort. And yeah, don't come Thursday and Friday. Come Friday and Saturday of June It's Christmas 9th this year. And 10th, Canaan Valley Resort. And uh, yeah, so we'll see you there. Or I will see you on Thursday when I think it starts on the 8th. See, she'll be there. Yeah, see, she'll be a couple of days early. A day early. Yeah, it'll be like the wrong month. Yeah, guys. Look, and also big news. Like, so our corporate sponsorships are officially sold out. So um congratulations to us and no, i'm kidding but uh but yeah i mean so if you're a small you're not business kidding person, i mean yeah congratulations to us. that was that's a lot of oh, hard you, work that usually was awesome. people don't usually people don't congratulate themselves pat on your back yeah that's all right a little golf clap I'll, I'll take it appreciate that they're so they're sold out but if you're a small business fuck i missed it i can't sign up no 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 we still have whole sponsorships available they're 200 bucks you get a sign we make the sign we'll put it on the hole for you it's pretty easy send us a venmo do a paypal that's going to include your business in the almost heaven classic and we've not talked at all about our guest speakers we're keeping that under lock and key until we're ready But I think once we announce it, people are going to be like, holy shit, I need to be at this event. This Almost Heaven Classic is going to be a can't-miss event of the summer, June 9th and 10th in Canaan. So, yeah, like CJ said, join the priority list, get updates. Uh, golf team registration is going to open up here in a, roughly a month such. Um, so it's going to be this year, so you'll be able to lock in your spot um, and should be a ball. Um, yeah. That's your little teaser for listening to the podcast, so you know within the, like, the next month and a half, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that if you do the priority registration at mountainmedia.org, then you will know the exact date of when registration opens. So go do that right now. Go sign up for Fife Street Brewing, the RSVP on that. Go read the blogs. Maybe buy a t-shirt or a hat when you're on the website. And make sure to come back and, and finish this episode as well. So... <laughs> it's a big, it's a big ass going on. You guys. A lot going on. Yeah, we love you guys, man. And that's what that's why we love you guys. Keep coming back. We love mm-hmm. when you keep coming back. So anyway, all right, great stuff, Coop, as always. Let's get to the episode. Ian Thornton. Let's hit it. does not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always do.
All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Mountaineer Media Podcast. Ian, what's up, brother? Good morning, man. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, fellas. We Absolutely. are excited to see you. What's up, man? Good morning. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Ian, you just got a cup of coffee. It's 9 a.m. where you're at. You're living in Nashville right now. And uh, so early start for you. Thanks for jumping on <laughs> with of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so well, let's just kind of start. Like, how are things going, man? Obviously, uh, a lot is going on in terms of uh, just events coming up and some, you know, charity events that you guys have going on. But just overall, top down, like, how are things going for you personally? Uh, going really well right now. Yeah, we're finally getting people back on the road. Um, it's a very busy time at the moment. This is actually the weekend of the Huntington Music and Arts Festival, yep. or the week of the Huntington Music and Arts Festival. And then we have Healing Appalachia at the end of the month. Um, yeah, overall, it's great. It's an extremely busy time right now, but that's a good thing, especially coming off of uh, not being able to be busy at all. So, thank you, yeah. man. And we do we, we do a formal introduction at the beginning, but you are let me get this right. Is it the co-founder of Whizbang Bam, which is a booking and management company, uh, and you work directly with Tyler Childers, and we can obviously get into that as well. But um, what maybe how'd you get into music, man? Like, did you grow up in the state? You grew up playing music, and then you're like, you know what? I'm gonna take it a little bit more of like the professional management route, or kind of how did that come about? Yeah, yeah, I started uh, I started Whizbang, um, and it was with Tyler. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I grew up playing in bands, you know, probably starting around high school, learning how to play guitar and stuff like that. Um, was in a couple of good bands and just doing that, playing around, mostly regionally at that point, you know, traveling from around West Virginia, playing Charleston or Tays Valley, wherever it would have us, you know. Um, and then that would go on for a few years. And I think, you know, it really started stepping up when I got involved with Shamrock, Shamrock's Pub in Huntington, which okay. is this little dive bar that... Uh, <laughs> My brother, his wife, and cousin them owned, and I came in, and they brought me in to kind of help book the music and all that stuff, you know, and I'd, I'd never done that before, so I was here, like, looking on MySpace and everywhere I could find bands to come to uh, to our bar and play, which is yeah. the complete opposite of usually what you're doing, <laughs> usually you're fighting yeah. emails, but um, that's where I got introduced, like, you know, William Matheny and... Um, demon beat and all these just great west virginia acts and really enjoyed that's where i began like really learning about the Huntington music scene and the west virginia music scene and i just started really loving it more and more as you know the more shamrocks ran i was able to meet more folks um that came to it well and then in 2010 we started the Huntington music and arts festival mm-hmm. okay you know the whole point of that to me was there was a very underappreciated music scene in huntington and it always started so late that no one was able to work. I feel like we we're cutting ourselves out. Like no one could go enjoy the show if they don't go out after 10, 10 PM on the weekends. Right. So yeah, we got together with a bunch of bands, started that in 2010. And this weekend marks the 12th one. We had to miss one. So this is the 12th annual Huntington Music Arts Festival. Good deal. This week. Yeah, that's awesome. And then obviously at the end of September, like you said, you have Healing Appalachia coming up. Um, maybe you can even kind of jump into the background of that and where that started. Yeah. Charlie Hatcher kind of brought the idea to me, um, after yet another one of his friends, you know, fell to the opioid epidemic and, um, just think like, shit, man, what can we do to try to help combat this? And, you know, talking to him kind of realized the thing we're good at is music and putting on concerts and putting bands together. And, you know, I was working with Tyler heavily by this point. And so we said, well, what if we do, 
you know, have Tyler come in and be the kind of face of it. Almost, I, I kind of link, link it to like Willie is the farmaid, you know, we, Tyler kind of taking the face role on because he was very passionate about this as well because you know, there's not a single person, whether it's Eastern Kentucky or Kentucky or West Virginia or Southern Ohio or Ohio, yeah, whatever. Absolutely. That hasn't been affected by this. Um, so, yeah, uh, we tried, I started kind of diving in and brought on a great board of folks to help continue the mission. And, you know, we put the first one on. How is this? That's what I think we sold 1,500 tickets that first year. And then the second time we sold 7,500. 7, um, oh, yeah. So it's taken off. It's grown from there. Maybe yeah. you, maybe you can uh, kind of dig into your story with uh, Tyler. How'd you meet Tyler? Do you remember the first time that you met him? Was it just in a, a garage somewhere? Did you invite him to play? Like, how did that relationship start? So Wednesdays at the V Club were the open mic nights, and that was like a kind of a happening spot back then. This was like 2011, 2012, something like that. And Tyler was coming down then. He's probably around 19, 20 years old. He's coming out a little earlier than that, but. You know, he was just playing these up at mic nights and, um, you know, as we are today, just kind of blown away. You know, this, he already had balls and Bibles out at this point. You know, just just amazing writer, amazing singer, amazing performer. And we became buddies first, obviously, and I was working at Black Sheep at this point. So, yeah, I booked him for a residency there. And, yeah, we just started becoming buddies. And then, you know, he would stay at my house every now and then because he lived about 45 minutes away from Huntington. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a late night, you know, I was like, let's just crash here, you know? And yeah, it kind of started there just like, you know, we were talking and he, I, he never really enjoyed, I think the booking side of things or the organization side of things, that kind of, well, so I was like, why don't you give me a shot at trying to, uh, <laughs> let me do it. Oh, you know, I got yeah. it. I can help you out. <laughs> well, I haven't never managed. I never managed an act, you know, I booked yeah. the band that I was in, I booked for clubs. We did the HMAP thing. I really enjoyed, I realized I was enjoying the organizational side of things. Sure. Yeah everything else that wasn't playing the music as much as I enjoyed playing the music, but yeah. And we hit it off, man. So we just started diving in together, just throwing things at walls and trying to figure it out, which is basically how we got it going. Uh, neither of us do a whole lot about anything at the moment. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And we do have to give a quick shout out to Dave Lavender. Who's been one of the, the, I would say the earliest and most consistent supporter of, of us, of Mountaineer media he was on the podcast and you guys are mutual friends and, and he, you know, he, he's told us about you for quite a while in the Tyler story and that it was like he, I think Dave had written about him dozens or dozens of times back when he was at the paper. And I, I think it was maybe an obvious to the people that heard him how authentic he sounded, how his, you know his career was was destined to take off. I guess my, my question stemming from that is there is a tremendous amount of talent in Appalachia, in Huntington, in West Virginia, in Kentucky and whatnot. Do you think now... I mean, is it like, is it, do they struggle to hit like, what's it called a uh, terminal velocity to get out of it, to like make it to the scene or like what seems to be the problem? Cause if you look around, like you look to your left, you look to your right, we've had Corduroy Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we've had him on the podcast. Like there's tremendously talented people in this region and they deserve probably 10 times the recognition and following they do. What is like, what is it in your opinion does it take to kind of break through or, or how to have successful artists manage to, you know, translate from the Appalachia scene to a national scene? Well, I think that's a pretty, like, it's a pretty big answer. To, uh, there's no one specific. Sure, sure. That, right. So that's actually kind of the reason we started Wizbane because a lot of the times I think or what, and I don't mean that like, you know, become known outside as opposed to just staying in your regional local scene. Um, the steps you got to take or whatever, you know, Typically, I think bands 
struggle with that side of things, but they're amazing musicians and amazing writers and players and performers, but sometimes figuring out what those next steps are, are difficult. And that's why, you know, the bands that we work with, Wizbang specifically works with acts in the Appalachian region. You know, everybody on our roster is either from West Virginia or Eastern Kentucky or Southern Ohio. And that wasn't by happenstance. That was very purposeful the reason, you know, we do that because that's a mission of mine and Wizbangs is to support and give platforms for these artists who are incredibly talented, who are just as good as anybody from New York or Seattle or LA or whatever. Sure. And try to support them and give them the tools that they need and the, um, the abilities to work and try to do what we can do as managers um, to help grow that. And again, there's no answer. I mean, it's that cliche, you know, work hard, do what you can do, look at ideas, like anything was on the table for us. You know, it was very a learning process this entire time. And we had no idea what we were doing starting, but you keep, keep at it, you mess up, you figure it out and you just keep, keep going. There's no one answer though, man. I mean, there's yeah. so many great bands that I've seen from everywhere to a room full of two people and one of them was a sound guy, you know, like, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and also like, I want to be clear too, and I define, you know, to tell you define success and happiness, because maybe you might be a tremendous talent and just enjoy singing. That doesn't mean you have to, it gets the conversation of like West Virginia, like you have to leave to make it like, no, you can still live a fulfilling life and stay in West Virginia. And maybe you, maybe you're a performer and there's nothing wrong with that. That's still wildly successful and, and great. And if that fulfills you, makes you happy. I think we have to just maybe redefine the definition of success. It doesn't always have to be like, like changing or leaving what you've come from, maybe just enjoying yeah you know, enjoying what you are doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything these days, we're so connected. I mean, it's a band right away. That's why I love the hunt where Huntington was placed. You know, we started creating that little circle, you know, the the Cincinnati's, Columbus's, Lexington's, Louisville's, Louisville forgot Pittsburgh's, mm-hmm. you know, like you could create this circle, start building a scene. Mm-hmm. And, and West Virginia is really, you know, on the Eastern coast is a really promising like location really. Cause we are just hours away from these big, bigger cities that you just have to kind of reach out. I don't think you have to leave Appalachia or West Virginia to, to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all about just dedication and what you're willing to do and, and, and yeah, staying, staying at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Yeah. When you look at where you're at now with um, was bang, what, what have you enjoyed now that you've kind of hit this new stride and this new level where people want to be a part of your, you know, your, your booking and management team and, and how have you enjoyed the evolution of that and seen, you know, these groups that you have kind of helped out, enjoyed watching their growth too. Yeah. I think that's it right there. You know, being able to be a platform and help bring some of this music to a bigger light, you know, John R. Miller and uh, Arlo McKinley are two right now that are, are doing really well. They're staying on the road. Arlo just dropped a new record. Mm-hmm. Um, John signed with Rounder Records, which is a very historic label. Um, and they're, they're playing shows. We're getting connected and they're doing great things. And that's not to speak like Jocelyn's Sweet Compression. Like all of our bands, you know, we're trying to create a mission for because we don't, that's the thing, we can't take it all on. I mean, so we stay very specific to what we can do. And, you know, I hired four managers, all from West Virginia, who all still live in West Virginia. You know, I'm a very West Virginia loving guy. I just, you know, with, you know, I did come to Nashville, but I think the growth that I'm able to kind of access here is actually better to be growing our home state and the work we can do here. I probably couldn't do as well if I still lived there. I still have my house in Huntington. You know, I'm heading back to Huntington uh, in a couple of days for HMAP. Mm -hmm. So... 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's been great, man. Just just seeing these bands and, and the ability that we can represent them and represent our area on a, on a national level now is, is what makes me happy. Yeah. When you think about like when people approach you, ask about like Eastern Kentucky, West Virginia, Appalachia, I mean, do you feel like, I mean, I guess maybe, maybe a little bit different for you all, or maybe I'd like to hear your opinion because if they're listening to that type of music, maybe they already have like a, a baked appreciation like for that style of life and music and whatnot. But do you feel like you're ever like talking about stereotypes or misconceptions and trying to, you know, people might say, Oh, like Ian, like that drug problem up in West Virginia. And then they say something maybe that's like not quite on the nose. And you, do you ever find yourself, well, actually there's more to it than that. It, it's more nuanced. It's not just as easy as writing that off. And like, do you enjoy that side of like the the culture and talking about it? And I mean, through your advocacy work, you're you're clearly doing the good work for that region. But what I guess has that side of your you know I guess your life been like over the last yeah. ten years? I really enjoy defending West Virginia and Appalachia, you know, because I mean there are those easy stereotypes, and it's a terrible thing, you know. Especially you know Huntington has always historically had its problems, and West Virginia has had its problems. You know, we're overweight, we're addicted to drugs, we're hillbillies, you know, all these easy sure. low hanging fruit stereotypes. And I don't get challenged too much about it, you know, because uh, or anything. But if it does come up, I do try to give perspective, you mm -hmm. know, um, especially in, in the that addiction world. Where, like, I think I don't know, they still have it, but like the day we had what 27, 28 overdoses in one day, it was like national mm -hmm. news and yep. things. It's terrible. And I do like bringing down the stereotypes. It's like, oh well, they're addicts, you know, they do this, they made this choice, you know, they don't look at it from a human being standpoint. Um, mm -hmm. These are human beings. This isn't just something they decided to do and um, put their life in this kind of turmoil and and then be stuck with it. So, and on all levels, yeah. I mean, I don't have, see myself fighting it too awful, but I, I definitely do here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in Tennessee, so it's not like it's you know, right. Uh, if I go to New York and they hear the accent, like, oh, you ain't from around here. You ain't from around here. Trust me, I get that. I don't think I have an accent, but when I talk to someone that's not from Appalachia, they're like, well, where are you from? Like, yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. I do still I still have an accent. It comes out in like certain words, like every now and then things, you know. Or maybe if I'm drinking. That's what it is. Well, yeah. That, that then you're around more, more West Virginians and it comes out even thicker, you know? Yeah, yeah. I slowly get the draws back. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of it. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to. I mean, the way that I look at it sometimes since we're on this topic of like, you never know when you step outside of Appalachia, you might be the first West Virginian somebody meets. And so wear the state with pride, hold yourself, you know, you know, carry yourself with dignity and, and have class. And like, you are going to be the first person, you're going to be the, the representative, representative of Virginia to yeah. somebody else. And then that's their first true impression other than just like the stereotypes that they hear and the things that they read on the internet. So you never know when you're going to be the first person somebody meets from West Virginia. And I love the idea of like being that and, and kind of showing mm -hmm. people like, Hey, we are just as we're like anybody else. We're no different. And this is culture. That's the thing. People, yeah. I think people assume because it is cold country and it is Appalachian and, you know, the mountains and everything that we're just, I don't know, the stereotype of like being ignorant or whatever. But the culture is very vast here. And I mean, yeah. we see that even in the music scene. That's what I can always relate to is like the music scene we were dealing in. It's not like we were, it's all country music or uh, bluegrass, you know, I mean, there's mm -hmm. yeah. rock bands, indie bands, funk bands, soul bands, you know all that stuff and and you see that you know that when you start really diving into something like the arts or things like that you can really see that the culture is there because just like every other state man a lot of people that came here or you know 
for opportunity or whatever it was mm -hmm. yeah. and, uh, at the time. Yeah. Well, and just to do what you're doing in terms of the, the philanthropic aspect, like obviously the music comes first, the relationships come first, but however you can give back and help, you know, mm -hmm. the area in, in Appalachia and Eastern Kentucky and in West Virginia and Southeastern Ohio, you know, you're doing so. And I think that's like a very wholesome feeling, I'm sure. Yeah, it feels great. Like Tyler's Hickman Holler Appalachian Relief Fund that, that he and his wife Sonora May founded. Um, that's been doing some great work. Mm -hmm. you know, and he's he's been able to use his platform um, to do good back to where he comes from. You know, we I think that's one thing we do have is Appalachians. We're all very proud of where we come from, just like anywhere from Texas, proud of where from Texas, you know. I think we have that binding thing about us. Um, mm -hmm. and we have to continue to have that because it's gonna be us, like you said. We represent that area and we have to do the best we can to do it proper and do it in a way that that educates more folks than it does uh, do harm. Yeah. And also, I mean, on, on the vein of Tyler, I mean, he's not been afraid. I'm sure it's been interesting to watch him. You all become friends and grow as a man. Like he, you know, he put out a video talking about the gun violence where it's like years ago, yeah. you know, saying like, what if that was a, like a, you know, like a fellow from Eastern Kentucky checking his, got, in his wildlife thing. Like, yeah. and yeah, yeah but, but he got, he got some, yeah, he got some feedback from people that are upset about that, but he's not afraid. I think to have that nuanced conversation, even internally amongst Appalachians, that we can't fall victim to our own kind of like stereotype or characterizations and be upset when like someone like, like okay, let's think about that. Like, let's let's yeah. process that. Let's have an idea. Let's have a conversation about that. It doesn't, I don't know if he loves that role, but it certainly seems like he's not afraid to share or like go against like that current sometimes that maybe they want him to be something different. So, I mean, I'm sure that's just like too much of what I we've been saying. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know if I say he loves the role, you know, but he does he does appreciate what um, what he's been able to accomplish and the attention I guess that he can provide and the perspective. And I think that the long Bond history video I think is what you're talking about, and mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. It was about providing perspective, you know. In it, he wasn't trying to tell you what to think, tell right. you what to do, but just open the door for thinking, right? Yep. Which I think one thing that people just I just throw out, they want to jump to an answer, but Hey, mm -hmm. just consider this. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, with that one, there was some backlash in, in certain areas, but I tell you, you know, when we were diving into it, just sitting there waiting for that, that video to drop <laughs> going, what's going to happen? You know? Yeah. Um, I think at the end of the day, it was like 90% positive, like yeah. people coming in and, and realizing what he was saying and the words he was saying and, and speaking directly to the people, the, of our area more so than mm. other places, right? To, to try to give this thought process a perspective, you know, at the end of the day, it was way more helpful and, and positive than the negative stuff. And you know, you're, there's going to be negative stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was way more positive. I think he did open up a lot of eyes and it used it. I had friends that were like unable to speak to their friends about these topics right. in a way that they could describe. And then that video was like almost like an answer for them. Like, okay, here, just listen to this. Cause Tyler said, eloquent when he speaks and, uh, mm -hmm. and thoughtful and, and, you know, yeah, it was, it was great. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of weight to put it on and he did that on his own. You know, yeah. it's not like he was pressured to do that by anybody. That's, that's Tyler putting that record out. And that was kind of the start of the Hickman Holler Appalachia Relief Fund too, you know, creating endowments for people of color in Appalachia, voters rights, um, just all, all of the, obviously any disaster relief, that's happened in our area. They've come in and handled. So it's pretty amazing work. 
Well, I just I get I get disgusted sometimes when people look at athletes, musicians, people with a platform that weren't built through, you know, um, advocacy or philanthropic, you know, direction. What my point is like that, that saying of like, shut up and dribble, right? Or just maybe shut up and, and, or, you know, stop talking about this and just sing, do what you're supposed to do. You know, I'm not here for your political views or your perspective. I'm here for the music or for your entertainment. Like I get disgusted by that uh, opinion sometimes. And because People like LeBron James and, and Tyler Childers, what you said is just like hitting the nail on the head. It's like people that have these platforms are sharing their perspective. It's not, he's not telling you who to go vote for or no. what you should believe or do, you know, what's right or what's wrong. He's just saying, yeah, exactly. This is a, another lens to look through this problem through or look at this problem through. And so I hate when people try and pinhole certain others other people into just like well you're just a musician nobody should really care and, yeah. and honestly the 10 percent that were negative there were probably 30 40 50 percent of people that saw that that were like wow okay that does kind of help add to the perspective that i should be looking through they're just the silent majority more or right less. sure exactly yeah exactly that's no, frustrating I mean, it's, it, and then, like, but you, like you said, you can use your platform for like Tyler was back with the Eastern Kentucky floods. I mean, that's an example of like people connected around his music, but then he can also use that platform to, you know, drive some relief to the Eastern Kentucky floods, which were like, I mean, like one in what they call like one in a thousand year floods down there. Yeah. 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 And I think they've had, and then they got hit two weeks, three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's like unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I think they had they've had two thousand year floods, and I think it was five or six years. Don't quote me on that, but I think this, you know it's becoming yeah. a terrible yeah. thing. Well, it is my turn, fellas. I'm sorry, I got to bow out of here. Um, if you we'll hang up. Keep we'll going. hang up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And appreciate you, man. You Thanks great for jumping on. Yeah, and uh, stay in touch. We'll talk soon. Coop. Sure. Thank you. We'll be back. See you. See you, CJ. All right, Ian, we'll keep going for a little bit. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, because, um, well, I want to tease that up about Appalachian culture too, is that it's, there's, there's two sides of it because one, the bad side of it, I think sometimes that happens with Appalachian culture is that we do, we are resilient folks and we, we don't want help and we, we shy away from maybe asking for help. And that can hurt in a lot of situations. If mm-hmm. someone has a drinking problem, if somebody has this, it's that we kind of have that, like, oh, I'll figure it out attitude. I think that comes from being just living in the mountains. I think you don't have a choice. You just have to, for centuries, you just have to figure it out. Like life is difficult. You just have to figure it out. But at the same time, when something happens, no other group of people that I've seen get together quicker and more thoroughly and appreciative than Appalachians helping one another, you know, unrelated to the government, just people helping people. And that that side of it is a truly beautiful part of our culture. And it's something to really respect when, when you see when it happens. It really is. And, you know, I've been a parts of, of things like that, just people rallying around each other. And you're exactly right. You know, I don't think there's another group of people that do it quite as um, thoughtfully. And like, what's the word I'm looking for here? Just without without even thinking about it, you know, right. like we, just, we will snap into action and do what needs to be done or provide the support for our fellow person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And that's what it's, that's what those little things that don't, you know, that's not going to make a headline right. uh, or anywhere. Right. So 
It's true, man. And it, it's because it's nuanced. Like you said, I think you said earlier, it doesn't like we don't it's hard sometimes. And that's why we want to do this platform to have nuanced conversations, because when you talk about Appalachia and you skip to talk about the drug problem, I think you were talking about you could just instantly kind of dehumanize it, say, oh, they, they should just do that. And then like, well, then you could dig a little bit deeper. Do you realize that like the, the pill farms and the pharmaceutical industry that's been supplying Appalachia with these drugs, like, is that not a part of the equation? And maybe it's right. not. So it's like, you know, but to your point, it's hard to package that and present that in a quick, you know, soundbite. But that's this region is deserving of that because there is a lot of nuance and these problems are complex and there is diversity in Appalachia and there are different problems that we still have to tackle. But you can't just say one, two things and then have it, you know, be fixed or, you know, expect yeah. it to go away. Like you said, it, the problem is it's a bigger answer. It didn't happen two years ago. You know, mm -hmm. this, is a, this is an epidemic that's been layered and coal mining getting hurt getting sure. like the big pills getting addicted you know it, it, there's but yeah no one wants to hear this 30 minute rant about this right so right giving that out but i think that story's getting out more you know when we started healing up a latch even which is uh, gosh i think officially maybe four years ago without losing the years of uh yeah. COVID, COVID, COVID years are just like yeah time yeah. is what weird <laughs> but even when that was happening you know we were starting that there was no real there was coverage about it here and there, but I have noticed more and more things like big pharma getting put to account and the yep. lawsuits of things that are happening and then settlements being made. And um, I think people are, are looking more at it. And like, I, like on, you listen to NPR and stuff like that. And that, that storyline is coming out more and more mm -hmm. the opioid epidemic. And, you know, I know Biden's talked about it before. And like, I think it's becoming more in the face of people a little mm -hmm. bit and they are trying to humanize it. I think it's, um, you know, it's one of those things to fight that's going to take years, you know, and and we can't just jump right up, but just keep doing that advocacy of what we can, man. Starting small, I'm always a big believer in like, let's let's start in our own communities or start locally and see what kind of change we can make mm -hmm. to make other people realize that and maybe lead by example. And maybe someone else will like see what we're doing. Like, healing up last, I think it's a very, that's one of the things I think is going to be great for. You know, yeah. look from the outside and see what we're doing and maybe uh, inspire them to maybe try to look locally in their area, regardless of where that is. You know, that could be the Midwest. You know, this isn't just this epidemic isn't just an Appalachia. Now, granted, exactly. it's very heavily in Appalachia, that, you know, for, has been for a long time, but this is a national crisis, you know. It is. And, and your point of um, like, I think I actually put a post up not too long ago on our LinkedIn, like, like we get caught up in the national headlines, the keeping up with the Kardashians, the political this and that palace intrigue of like, what's going on. And it's like, I think if you just take a step back and refocus, like, what's my local community doing? Like, what, what, like people, like we kind of take for granted our local community sometimes is it's just human nature all over the world. Like people that live in like Gary, Indiana, maybe don't fully appreciate the fact that it's kind of cool. Uh, there's a, you know, there's an artist down the street or the coffee shop. And it's like, I think that happens with West Virginia is we're so sometimes times we're, we're so trying to look around see what else is going on but it's like wait a second there's talented people here and if i if i want to make a change the amount of change that i can impact is is unlimited here you can you can have a real tangible impact um so i think that's spot on is to to maybe just be a little bit more present in your local community and step up and do that i'm sure that's it's kind of it's got to be surreal for you man from going from booking myspace <laughs> musical talents to running maybe one of the biggest Southern Appalachian, you know, charity based kind of things with healing Appalachia. I mean, that's gotta be, did you ever see your life playing out like that, man? It's gotta be surreal. I mean, you should be immensely proud of that. 
I, I know I didn't have I didn't get to see it. You know, when we were doing these things, I didn't have an end goal like this. Is what I'm going to do okay. it, but it's one of those things you learn and you become more. Uh, uh, and you realize that you're able to do more things. You know, as you grow, and it, it's been it's like step up the plate, man. Never being content. And I'm 38. Yeah, and um, you know, this is the times when. We can really, if we can create impact, we can do good stuff. I've just always had it in my nature. I think we just continue to work or work hard and do the best to work for what's right and things like that. I mean, no, you don't have an idea or an end goal with it. It's just things have played out this way. And you kind of step up to it. Yeah, man. Well, that's inspiring. I think for people to see, I mean, we've certainly felt that when we started Mountaineer Media, we didn't think it would be as big and as kind of diverse as we've had going on. We have, we're doing live events now. We're doing a huge thing called the Almost Heaven Classic next year. We're bringing together people to talk about West Virginia. Um, but I think that just goes to show that, like you said, you start small, you never know where it can go and you can mm -hmm. have a big impact on stuff. So Healing Appalachia is Friday, September 23rd and Saturday, September 24th. And then the Huntington Music uh, and Arts, the Music and Arts fest um that is this coming weekend labor day weekend where yeah. can people is there you guys like on social media or website like what's the easiest way for people to kind of find out what's what's next with your old world yeah yeah so you can't like uh hmap is actually running all week it started yesterday it's a week-long event i call it like a micro south by so the um they had a film event last night uh yeah so it's a week-long event hmafestival.com and you can find it on facebook and instagram everything um and then yeah hharf the Human Heart Appalachia Relief Fund, uh, Healing Appalachia, you know, and then, yeah, Whizbang, whizbangbam.com or whatever if you want to keep up with some acts. So plenty of, we're trying to do plenty of good work for, uh, for Appalachia as we can, all, all, all circles. You are, man. You certainly are. We'll, we'll link everything across our profiles for people listening to this to find these uh, the events going on. But seriously, man, thank you because, I mean, you guys are crushing it. We've been fans from afar for a while, so it was really cool to hear your personal story and just tell you keep up keep up the good work, man. You guys are doing commendable work, and it's, it's needed in this region, and you guys are doing an excellent job, so we thank you, man. No, back at you, man. Thanks for spotlighting some of the great folks that come from our area and try to continue to do work everywhere. So thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you.